Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a point of moral decay as we pick up in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 24. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Now God says the land vomited out the inhabitants of the people. So sick were their practices. You see, there is a point of moral decay that once a nation reaches that point, it can no longer exist. It's gone beyond the point of of return, and the nation can no longer exist. It's going to crumble and fall. And let me tell you something. The United States is awfully close to that point. Now God, in speaking of these things, said to the nation Israel, if you will obey my commandments and do them, then I will make you great. But if you forsake them, then you're going to be cursed in the city, cursed in the fields, cursed everywhere you go. God said righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And God's cry against Israel and the reason why she had to fall was they have forsaken my laws, they have forsaken my commandments, and they've gone after their own ways. And I'm sure that as God looks at the United States today, his cry is much the same. They have forsaken my ways, they've forsaken my laws, they've forsaken my commandments. And the land is about to vomit out its inhabitants because of the things that we have allowed, sitting back and doing nothing. And so the land is defiled. Therefore I visit the iniquities. The land vomits out her inhabitants. Now, verse 28, that the land spew not you out also when you defile it as it spewed out the nations that were before you. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore shall ye keep my ordinance that ye may commit not any one of these abominable customs which were committed before you, and that ye defile not yourselves therein, for I am Jehovah your God. The repetition again. Now God continues in this same vein as he moves into chapter 19. Speak to the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall reverence every man his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods, for I am the Lord your God. Notice the repetition over and over. I am the Lord your God. You're not to have idols or molten gods and so forth. I am the Lord your God. And if you offer a sacrifice of a peace offering unto the Lord, ye shall offer it of your own will. Again, man's free will involved in all of his service and worship to God. Eat what you can for two days. If you can't eat it all in two days, burn it. If you eat it the third day, then it's no longer accepted. It becomes an abomination of that which was offered as sacrifice in the peace offerings to God. 
When you reap your harvest, don't gather the corners of the fields and don't gather everything. Leave something there for the poor of the land. And so the welfare program was a beautiful program in that they, weren't, they were to go through and pick the grapes that were ripe but leave everything that wasn't ripe, but they couldn't go through and pick the second time. Whatever was left was left for the poor in the land. They could come in once your harvesters had gone through. You weren't to glean your own land. Let it be there for the poor. Don't even harvest the corners of your fields. Leave that for the poor. And thus the poor could go out and gather in the fields. Anytime the harvesters had gone through, it was there, it was available for them. And so it wasn't just a dole-out program. You just didn't go out down and get food stamps, but you actually went out and gathered your own. And so you were busy doing something rather than just sitting and watching TV and polluting your mind. Now, the Lord goes on to give further instructions. Verse 10, Thou shalt not glean the vineyard, neither gather every grape, Leave them for the poor and the stranger. You shall not steal. You're not to deal falsely. Don't lie. You shall not swear by God's name falsely. Neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God, for I am Jehovah. Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him of the wages that is hired. Actually, you would pay wages daily. You weren't even to keep his wages overnight. Thou shalt not curse the deaf. <laughs> now, these, these are a couple of things I found sort of amusing. You're not to curse the deaf or trip the blind. Man, what a dirty dog. Cursing the deaf man. Or laying a, laying a stumbling block before a blind man. I mean, that's, that's really... But you know, I'm amazed at how cruel people really are. I'm amazed how cruel children are to a handicapped child. What is it about our nature that children are so cruel to a handicapped child? Now, in the animal realm, quite often an an a handicapped animal will be killed by the other animals. But unfortunately, sometimes men aren't far from that. Taking advantage of the disadvantaged how often we see it done. And yet there's nothing more cruel in all the world than taking advantage of a disadvantaged person. There's nothing more dangerous in all the world because God says he sticks up for the disadvantaged. God said he watches over the widow. Man, when you're doing it to one that God is watching over, you're in big trouble. But you see, Man apart from Jesus Christ isn't far from the animal. For an animal has body and consciousness, and man apart from Jesus Christ has body and consciousness. Therefore, he relates well to the animal kingdom. Therefore, he is cruel to the handicapped or disadvantaged. But a man who has been born again by the Spirit of God and now has a spiritual birth, not just born of the flesh, but now born of the Spirit, and with the spiritual birth, now is related to God and related to Jesus Christ. You really can't do these things. And if you find yourself doing these things persistently and continually, then I will tell you, you don't have a true relationship with Jesus Christ. 
For whosoever is born of God does not practice sin. For God's seed is in him now, a new seed, a new life, born again by the seed of God, by the Spirit of God, and he cannot be living in sin. You say, oh, I don't know about that, Chuck. Hey, I'm not telling you my words. That's God's word. You can read it for yourself in 1 John. Now, in judgment, they're not to respect the person of the poor or to honor the person of the mighty, but they shall be righteous in the judging of their neighbor. You're not to go around bearing tails as a tail bearer. Do you know what he did? Let me tell you. Whisper it and people believe you. <laughs> Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. You see, what the Jews forgot was that the law was dealing with the spirit and the heart of man, and they started to just observe it from an outward thing. And Jesus, when he came, pointed out where they missed the law completely in interpreting it as governing outward activities when the law is spiritual and God is concerned with the attitudes. And here the law says, you're not to hate your brother in your heart. They just took the law, thou shalt not kill. You can hate him all you want, just don't kill him. And it's only when you killed him that you violated the law. But Jesus brought out again, hey, if you hate your brother, you violated. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, when Jesus asked the lawyer, which is the greatest commandment, he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Or that's what Jesus answered the lawyer. And he said, in this is all the law and the commandments. So this is the second greatest commandment. Jesus said the second is like unto the first. The first is loving God. But the second, is, and Jesus is quoting then from this one, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, for I am the Lord. Now you're not to sow, your, you're not to interbreed animals. You're not to sow your field with mingled seed, nor are you to have uh, mingled uh, materials in your garments, such as wool and linen mingled together and all. When they come into the land, they are to plant the trees, but for the first three years, they're not to eat the fruit of it. In the fourth year, the fruit belongs to God. In the fifth year, it becomes theirs, and thus will they be blessed and can reap the harvest after the fifth year. They're not to make any markings upon their bodies. The forbidding of tattoos and so forth, the forbidding of, of haircuts, the cornering of your head, or making baldness. This is what the, the, the well, the Harry Krishnas, uh, good example. You shall not any, eat anything with blood. Neither shall you use enchantment or observe times. You're not to be following horoscopes. Not to make any cutting in your flesh for the dead or marks upon you, for I am the Lord. Keep my Sabbaths, verse 30, reverence my sanctuary, I am the Lord. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek the wizards to be defiled by them, I am the Lord. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head. In other words, when the old man, gray-haired man comes in, you're supposed to stand up and honor the face of the old man. And fear thy God, for I am the Lord. So the respect.
for the elderly is taught. And also the respect for a stranger. Treat him as one that is born within your land. Just balances, just weights, a just ifath, and a just hen, which are measurements, shall ye have, for I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. So the, the fairness in their dealings. Chapter 20, now God begins to get a little heavier. And in chapter 20, God goes over some of the things that he dealt with in chapter 18, only in chapter 20 telling that the violators of these things should be put to death. I know a lot of these sob sisters are crying out against capital punishment, but if we practice capital punishment, as the Bible said, we wouldn't have near the crime problem that we have today. I don't know what's gone wrong with our judicial system, but we are far more interested in protecting the rights of the criminal than we are of the innocent victims. There's something awfully stupid about our whole system that releases the rapists and the murderers and all back and the kidnappers back onto the streets to repeat their crimes over and over again. Something stupid when you can't bring up the past patterns of a man's life for a present crime that he's committed. A man is showing himself to be a habitual child molester or a habitual rapist and all, then he should be dealt with as a habitual child molester. And as far as I'm concerned, better to... I'll pull the switch if they need someone. <laughs> he can ask God to forgive him, and God will forgive him, and he'll go to heaven, he'll be a lot better off. But we'll be a lot better off too and a lot safer and our children will be a lot safer walking in the streets. I wouldn't have to worry nearly so much in sending them off to the store. We are living in a crazy, corrupt world that's gone wild. If a father sacrificed his child to Molech, he was to be put to death. Don't mess with him. If he is worshiping the god Molech and in so doing offers his child as a living sacrifice to Molech, kill him, put him to death. Stone him with stones. For I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among the people. And if you in any wise hide your eyes from him, who has sacrificed his children to Molech, and you don't kill him, then God will set his face against you and against your family to cut you off for those that go a-whoring after Molech from among the people. And if a person seeks after those that have the familiar spirits and after wizards to go a-whoring after them, I will set my face against them. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I, the Lord, I am the Lord your God. And ye shall keep my statutes. I am the Lord which has set you apart. Everyone that curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. That's heavy. A man that commits adultery with another man's wife, both of them shall be put to death. 
A man that lies with his father's wife, those of the incestuous relationships were to be put to death. Homosexuals, verse 13, were to be put to death. Bestiality, the person was to be put to death, both from men or women. And so God ordered stringent dealings with sin. It gives you an idea of what God's idea of sin is. You think that God is, you know, very soft and easy. Not so. God ordered them to deal severely in order that they might remain clean, in order that they might be pure, in order that they might be polluted. And as long as they remained obedient to the law of God, God blessed them when they started to mollify and, and to uh, ease off on things, then the land ultimately spewed them out, even as God said. Verse 22, ye shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them that the land, whether I bring you to dwell in, shall not spew you out. In their failure, the land ultimately spewed them out. You shall not walk in the manner of the nations in which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things. Therefore, I abhorred them. That's why God ordered them eradicated. So God dealt very severely with the violators, but I'll tell you, it kept the violators down to a minimum. It was safe to walk around the land. A woman could walk through the camp at night and never worry, never fear. It was a holy place. Heaven's going to be a holy place. The kingdom age is going to be a holy place. Man, if you find it tough looking at this, then you're going to find it tough in the kingdom age because you're going to be one of the enforcers of righteousness. You'll be having the rod of iron in which you're going to be going around and popping skulls like, like clay pots. As I said, he's going to rule with a rod of iron as a potter blasts a vessel in shivers. So those that are disobedient to God, listen, he's going to keep it pure. He's going to keep it holy. And it's going to be a fabulous place to live. And for a thousand years, it's going to be absolutely glorious as he rules with that rod of iron and righteousness covers the earth. It'll be a much better place to live than it is today, let me tell you that. I want to tell you something. God is very gracious, God is very merciful, or none of you would be around. <laughs> if it were not for the Lord, let all Israel now say, if it were not for the Lord, then we would be utterly destroyed. If it wasn't for the Lord's gracious and his mercy and his tenderness and his loving kindness, none of us would have a chance. But thank God for the grace and truth that is ours through Jesus Christ. But shall I sin freely that grace may abound? God forbid. How can we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? So, one of the scriptures, then we passed over it. God said that, and, ye shall, and if ye do these things, ye shall live by them. Now, that's what the covenant was based upon doing. 
The new covenant that God has established with us is based upon being what I am in Christ Jesus. It's no longer on what I am doing, it's on what God has done and my believing and trusting in that work of Jesus Christ, my great high priest. As you go through Leviticus, Hebrews is going to, you ought to really, just as, as just having, when we go through Leviticus, when we finish it, you really ought to at that time pop over to the New Testament and read Hebrews. You'll have a better understanding of Hebrews than you've ever had before if you'll pop over and read it now. Just being so fresh out of Leviticus, Hebrews will really talk to you in a very special way. So just as a special assignment this week, either looking for an A grade, read the book of Hebrews. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Leviticus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Leviticus 18 through 20 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you and keep His hand upon your life. And may he help you to walk in all righteousness and holiness. For he is Jehovah, our God, and he is a holy God. And he wants his people to be a holy people. That the name of the Lord would not be blasphemed by my actions, but that people in seeing my good works will glorify our Father who is in heaven. God bless you and may the face of the Lord shine upon you and his love burn in your hearts all through the week. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I'd like to tell you about a book written by Chuck Smith entitled Living Water. In this book, Pastor Chuck explains how God has the power to change your life through His Holy Spirit. This book will help you to understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life, covering such topics as who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? What are the gifts of the Spirit? And how should I respond? It's Pastor Chuck's desire that by God's grace and through this book, 
the Lord will develop in you a hunger and thirst for the things after the Spirit that will help you come into a deep and personal relationship with Him so that your life will be transformed. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download Living Water by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order this book in print, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD. That's 800-272-9673.